Simplified Chaos, episode 48. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Hey, wonderful friends. Welcome to another amazing episode of Simplified Chaos. This is Jillian, and I'm with my co-host and handsome husband, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? <laughs> Hope y'all are doing great today. We have another wonderful episode for you. Jilly, what are we talking about? Today's episode is all about mastering the museum mindset. You sparked my curiosity. Yeah. What is a museum mindset? Don't answer that. Okay. We're going to get into that soon. <laughs> Hush now. <laughs> but before we dive into that and before we dive into gratitude, we are getting ready to hit episode 50 rather soon, Jilly. Whoop, whoop. I know. Can you believe it? Almost a full year doing this. It's been an, uh, an amazing ride. It has been. We're having a lot of fun doing this and we hope you all are enjoying everything. But for episode 50, we are going to do another Ask Us Anything episode. So if there's anything you'd like to know about us, some of the things that we're doing, or if you're just curious you know, about us personally or and anything like that. There's no such thing as TMI. Yeah, there's like, not. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll answer share it all. anything. Yeah, that's, that's no problem. So yeah, go ahead and hit us up on the social medias or shoot us an email and we will try to get to your question. Maybe it'll be on the, uh, on the podcast waves. Yup, yup. Yeah. So, Jilly, let's talk a little gratitude. What are you grateful for today? Today, I'm grateful for our house guest. Yeah. We have a house guest for this week. We haven't had it. Well, I guess we do have house guests pretty often. We do. We're really yeah. using the guest bed a lot, yeah. which is really cool. Which has moved to the basement, which it's a finished basement. Don't worry. It's not unfinished. It's not a dungeon down there or anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, no, it, it's been really great having a guest this week. Yeah, so shout out to Duff. Um, it's one of my sister's friends that she met in college, and she's visiting for a couple days. And we've just been having like phenomenal conversations. And she's working on a book right now and just reflecting about you know, her life and what sparked her to make this book. And I feel like we're very like-minded, and the, I'm just enjoying just the real human connection and conversations it's just been really rad yeah i mean we've we even had a really good conversation just before we started recording this here and just kind of talking about what we were gonna talk to you lovely folks about and she had some great insights on that as well so it has been some really good conversation and we also got to introduce her to it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> yeah that show is hysterical i haven't i haven't really watched much tv but yeah. it's, it's always sunny is phenomenal yeah when it, it's just one of those shows if, if you really don't have anything to do i can just pop that on and instantly feel better about myself to me it's like seinfeld it's i can rewatch it over and over yeah. again and be like completely content <laughs> oh yeah no they're great so i am grateful for our friends at friendsgiving oh yay yeah, we just had a friendsgiving this past uh weekend which was the official kickoff for our thanksgiving two weeks month whatever i don't know i can celebrate thanksgiving the beginning the of celebrations yes. <laughs> it's the beginning of celebrations that keep on celebrating so 
just a, a great group of folks. We've been doing this for as long as I can remember you and I dating. I think it was six plus years. Six plus years. So it, it's just really great catching up and just kind of seeing the evolution over time where there was no kids at all in the first couple of times we did Friendsgiving. And now there's kids and new people, old people, you know, have been around doing this. And it's just, you know, it's an amazing amazing day for us to get together everybody brings some food and it's all delicious and you know love to thank that our hosts for this year paul and heather and you know this is the second year they've hosted at their place and it's just been amazing so definitely grateful for the kickoff of thanksgiving month yes and shout out some great friends (laughs) shout out to mandy because i know you listen so hey mandy what's going on it was awesome seeing you and she dropped by this past week too and i'm also grateful for play date it was really play date nacho night (laughs) play date nacho night can't can't go wrong with that no you can't yeah so jilly yep talk to me about this museum mindset concept (laughs) that i believe that you've come up with I haven't found anything on the internet about museum <laughs> mindset. And when I was prepping for this podcast, I was like, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to let you lead this and I will chime in <laughs> when possible. I made it Go up myself. For it. You did. Um, so, yes, I thought of this. I, I mean, I used to have a pretty, pretty big problem shopping. Um I would go to the store when I was bored, stressed, and I believe we talked about this in previous episodes, just how I had a, an, an issue with purchasing, and I would use it to fill space, to fill time, to fill voids, and once I started changing those habits to doing other things besides going shopping all the time, I realized that I didn't like shopping as much, but I still wanted to have a good time when I did go. Right. Because we all have to buy things. Like, I'm we not do. against buying things. No, no, I'm no. just... There's necessities. And when you go to certain yes. places like Target, where yeah. you might be going to pick up some toilet paper or paper towels, there's a lot of other sections in Target that are very appealing. Yes. And they're made to be visually appealing, to draw you in and to say, you need me. You should have me. And I don't know how I thought of this, but I guess... Um, just with everything else, it's all about changing your mindset and how we view things. And mm-hmm. I started saying, and I started realizing that I can appreciate the beauty of things without buying them. And I thought of this really simple quote on the way on the drive home because I was like, "How can I put this into terms people understand?" And I said, "And this is what I thought of: You don't have to own a tree to be happy. Like you can view the tree, appreciate mm-hmm. the tree, but not have to own it and bring it home to really feel." gratitude and to feel yeah. pure joy did you have to uh pull over to write that down i or did you just remember it i had to keep saying it over and over <laughs> again in my head because i was like i can't forget it i can't forget it so i was like and i had a various different versions of that but that's what i came up with at the end i was like you don't have to own a tree to be happy so i feel like sometimes we're convinced that we have to own it and have it in our possession in order to feel that joy but really what I've learned is that I can go shopping, I can go into a store, and I can have a what I call, quote-unquote, a museum mindset where I can appreciate the beauty of things, like in an art gallery or a museum, where all you're doing is observing, you're taking it in, yeah. you're pondering, you're questioning, you're reflecting, and I'm not bringing it home with me. Now I get it. It all so, makes sense to me now, Jilly. It's that all is a, a hell of an explanation. Does that help break it down? Yes. No. I, I'm just, that was the clearest explanation I've gotten going into this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry I wasn't so clear about it. No, 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 it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate this because now I can 
we can have some really genuine conversation yes. about anything, which nothing on this show is script, folks. We go right <laughs> at it. So I realized like I can still go shopping and appreciate the experience and not buying anything. I can appreciate the beauty of a lamp or a very cute decoration because in Target, we all know, I mean, that area where um, the Gaines, Joanne Gaines and Chip Gaines, where they sell their things. Oh, do they? It's beautiful. Oh, it, it is. I know oh, you don't God. go to Target that often, but they have a whole section displayed to make you want to buy really things. they really cornered the market. And I can go there and appreciate the beauty of what they're creating and putting out into the world but I don't have to bring it home to feel that joy. Yeah. And I think before I would only feel that high of when I would buy things. But now it's like, I don't, I can still feel, I can feel the joy just by viewing it and observing it and knowing that I don't have to take that home and I don't have to take care of it. It is not taking up my time. It's not taking up stress. I can still have appreciation for things without purchasing. And that was huge to me realizing that if I have that museum mindset, I can appreciate the beauty of things without buying them and owning them and taking them home. And I found that also I've, this is going to sound really silly, but when we go to our local Target, I run into the same friend very frequently. Yeah. Shout out to my girl Mimi. And I realized those are the, the, the shopping experiences that I remember the most. It's because I run into her and I have conversation with her. I don't remember what I buy uh, or anything else. Yeah, I you just remember, remember the interactions with people. Yes, and that just speaks loud when you go somewhere and you don't remember what you buy. You don't remember when you bought it or why. You just I just remember when I had an interact interaction with a person that was real. Yeah, you know, and I, I can kind of relate to to what you're saying here. Now that I have a definition of museum mindset, <laughs> for me, you know, clothes shopping. I, Shopping in general has just never been my thing. Like, you know, I'll, if I need things, I'll go out and get it. And there will be times where, you know, unconsciously, I, I guess I do have the museum mindset where, yeah, I picture myself either in a pair of clothes or having a certain item. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. But then, you know, for whatever reason, I've, I've rationed it that I don't have to buy this or I don't need it. But when you really think about it, Two days later, you're home. You're not even thinking about that anymore. Like you, you kind of forget about it. So, you know, not having those impulsive buys. And don't get me wrong, impulsive buys can be a lot of fun. You know, there's been times when I've gone for the out, short short term. Yeah, for the short term. But even you know, I've bought some clothes that I really still wear all the time. That nice. was more of an impulse. I had no, um, I had no intention of buying something when I was going out there. And I was like, you know what, I'll buy this because. I know I'll get use out of it, but that happens very rarely for me. So, yeah, for me, I guess I've had more of a natural museum mindset, so to say, but just not, I haven't been very conscious about it until you brought it up. And I wonder if more men have this mindset versus women, just because I feel like a lot of advertisements and things are focused on moms and women and you need to have this to feel beautiful or to look a certain way or keep up with the the fads and so i'm wondering like how many men naturally have that that mindset that they just view it and see it and then yeah they experience it and that's it i don't know i mean i feel like i'm kind of an outlier because i feel like a lot of guys are still conscious about what it is they're buying like I don't buy like sports stuff. Like I, I love sports, but I'm not out there buying jerseys or hats all the time. Like it's just like 
something I'm not interested in. Like I, I love watching sports and I love rooting for my teams and I have, you know, a couple pairs of clothing that represents those teams, but mm-hmm. I'm not actively going out and getting the latest Jersey. Although I should get a Lamar Jackson Jersey. Cause that guy's just freaking awesome. <laughs> but I, I'm just, I don't, I don't buy anything. Like I really don't like, I don't buy new sneakers every two months. I don't buy, you know, shirts and and stuff like that uh, apparel you know that i probably normally would buy if i cared about that stuff but i really don't like i i just don't buy things just to buy things yeah you might be um i think i'm i i could be wrong like i'm i'm speaking for myself and not other guys out there but i mean i i see a lot of guys who just have you know all their team stuff like they have everything and and do you really need all that and how many days of the week can you wear all that stuff you know yeah, and uh, I read some pretty scary um, statistics that I kind of got pissed off about. And I think, I guess mastering this mindset, it, I'm not saying it's easy. I, I, it's a simple idea, but it's really difficult, especially with the amount of advertising that's out there and that's on social media constantly, like listening in and saying, oh, I, like, it was pretty scary. Um, we had a bonfire not that long ago, yeah. and my friend brought up Rothy's, which is like a type of shoe. And now all of a sudden on Instagram, I'm getting like Rothy's shoes. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, wow. Like, now I'm going to get that shit just because my phone hears me. Yeah. And I'll click on things, but then I'll catch myself like, hey, you're trying to trick me. And I'm not going to fall for it because I don't need shoes right mm-hmm. now. But I heard i read this today that the average child aged 2 to 11 sees over 25,000 ads on television a year jesus while the average adult sees 52,500 this means that children in the u.s spend over a week of their lives every year watching television advertisements and adults spend over two weeks a year in the same activity like the fact that Our country is making shopping a recreational activity is just, it's blowing my mind. And no wonder I was shopping for fun and when I felt a certain way to fill time, to fill, it's because that's what it's being advertised as. Like, this is what you do when you're America, you shop and you buy. And it's like, I'm fucking through with it. Like, it doesn't bring me joy. Like some things do when we think about it and what we need, but it really pisses me off to the point where like, you know what? I'm not going to get angry about it. I'm just going to get smart and I'm going to make rules for myself Mm -hmm. and I'm going to master mindsets and get creative on like, how can I enjoy life and be happy without being sucked in to what everything is telling me to do to be happy when I know like organically it feels wrong and it doesn't make me happy because I've experienced having it all. I've experienced all the things and it didn't bring me joy and it didn't bring me happiness long-term. It was just in that moment of time buying it. And I just really want to preach about that this this is not easy, but it's totally possible. And once you, Mm -hmm. it's like a reflex with anything else. Once you master this mindset and you get in the hang with it and you see the benefits of not having and buying all the things and how happy you are, it's like, I can't go back. I can't. So I had a, this is bad radio, but I had a big smile on my face when you, when you brought this up and, and mostly about the encouraging for people to spend. And it really comes back to if you think about the last recession back in 2008, and I know it's kind of getting into a little bit of politics, but it, it makes perfect sense and is is applicable to this conversation. They said that everybody it was everybody's duty 
in like 2009, 2010 in order for the economy to recover for everybody to spend. And what did that mean? There was a lot of people who weren't working at the time because jobs went away. And then as jobs started to recover, you know, they're like, okay, spend, 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 take loans out, spend. This is how you're going to help the American economy. Spend, spend, spend. Well, I got news for folks. And economies don't thrive on people spending and buying shit just for the sake of it. The ways that economies thrive is through productivity and production. So we have moved far away from being productive. And, you know, a lot of those jobs have gone overseas just because it's cheaper. They have we have turned our society completely into a consumer society where we judge our wealth and, and our greatness on how much we're spending on things. And that's just not a way. That's why interest rates are so low right now. We're not encouraging people to save money at all. We're encouraging people to spend. And that's why credit is so cheap right now is because they want you to spend. But. We're doing the same thing that our country's doing is we're, we're putting ourselves in debt over just stuff that's we're either not using or we have too much of and and we really just need to take a step back and i'm sorry for going off on this tangent but i mean it's just kind of at the core of what i see and, and just the the misleading of the public that this government does to us is is like you know you always have to spend you know and you're doing it because of america and it's like no be responsible like take a look at your spending and and say, you know, can I really afford this? You know, is this really going to bring me any joy in my life? And if it doesn't, then don't do it. Save your money. And to me... Do something fun. Go on a trip. Go on a vacation. That's even better than buying something, you know. And I'm not trying to preach to people, but this is just the way that I see things. No, and I think um, the quote-unquote American dream or success is not defined by how much money or what I'm spending. It's defined really for me on how I'm spending my time. Am I spending my time doing things that I really enjoy or am I spending my time doing things that I feel like I have to do to pay for all the debt or the credit card you know, stuff that I'm using it for? So I think it depends on people's view of success too. Mm-hmm. Like um, for me, collecting, consuming all of the things. It didn't make me happy. I experimented with it. I did it. I lived it. And we've gotten rid of most of the stuff that I would spent money on. And I had to come to terms like that was a lot of sunken costs, like a lot of money I lost just buying things, thinking that that's what I had to do. It made me happy because shopping was a recreational activity for me. I would go for fun. And now I'm finding that I don't need to go shopping for fun. It's not really doing anything for my health. It's actually doing less for my health than anything and now you know instead of shopping it's like you have buyer's remorse and and you know again with you know we've talked about just seeing things sitting around and you know we haven't used it and yeah you do get mad because you spent money on it and you're like well i can't get rid of it because i spent money on it well if it's just sitting there and causing you anxiety then you need to get rid of it even if you spent way more than on it than you wanted to Maybe you can get something returned on Facebook Marketplace. And, you know, we've talked about that in episodes in the past on on how to do a little side hustling. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, don't just buy stuff just to buy it and then not use it. Like, really think about what you're buying and, you know, see if it's going to bring you any value in your life. But for me, I think I didn't actually learn that lesson until I felt that pain and discomfort of losing money. Yeah. Like I didn't grow until I felt the pain of it, until I had to struggle like shit, I spent a lot of money and now I'm, I'm I kind of wasted it in a way. So I think sometimes you have to go when was You that have to feel the you? pain. 
Do you know? Just when I was walking around the house, like, I don't want to dust you anymore. I don't want to clean you. I'm tired of having this piece of furniture here because you're not really being used. You're just here to fill a space. Like, that's when it really hit me that, shit, I had a problem and I need to change it yeah. because I accumulated so many things. And it you don't think about it as a lot of things because it's just small things here and there. It could be something you put in a drawer. It could be something hidden under your bed. Most of the time, it was something that I totally forgot about. And I'm like... This speaks louder than words. Like my actions that I don't remember you. I don't know why I bought you. Like to me, that was a big red flag that I had to make changes because obviously you weren't making me happy because I'm getting rid of you now and I don't even remember why I bought you. I think if you look at something and you don't remember why you have it, it's honestly, it has no meaning to your life. There's no story behind it. Yeah, it doesn't bring any value. There's no experience behind it. And that's what I'm realizing now is that the best moments and memories for me or when there's an experience behind it or a person that I interacted with that it reminds me of. Other than that, it's, I, I need to kindly let it go. But I think sometimes we have to feel that pain to really learn and grow. If you don't, it's mm-hmm. like you don't really there's nothing to learn from because you're not really feeling any discomfort or pain from it. So it's, you know, you're just kind of comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Comfortably numb. Com- yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say that song. Oh, come on. Pink Floyd. I know. And um, so I had some interesting, I, I know it's called the museum mindset, at least that's what I'm calling it. But I had some interesting um, quotes or just things about museums that kind of, kind of helped relate the museum mindset that you could still enjoy the, pr- the process without actually purchasing. So I know this isn't the resource part, but I was reading this research from the startribune.com and it said, spending an hour or three at a museum is bound to increase your store of knowledge. But museum visits not only influence what we learn, but how we learn. They spark con- contemplation, encourage empathy, make us more more curious and increase personal creativity. And I honestly feel we can do that in a store. And it sounds crazy, but we can view things and see the beauty and the art behind what it looks like. Yeah. And still have those amazing discussions. We can we can pretend this beautiful mug is a painting in a museum and have these like, wow, I really appreciate this mug, but I don't have to take it home with me. Well, it's the same thing like when you're shopping and you see one of those uh, those pair of sweatpants that have the word pink on the ass. You can just go home and take one of your pairs of sweatpants and just draw pink on the back of it. And hell, you got pink sweatpants now. <laughs> Victoria's Secret. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I it know. Was. I was like, you have no idea that I have that's no clue, a brand but from I just, Victoria's I've Secret. I've seen pink on, on girls' asses before and, and just no. know that that's a thing. <laughs> and I think it's also about... I don't about... know if it's still a thing. That might have been like 2009 <laughs> or 10. Good. I am so old. It's, it's about... <laughs> changing the conversation we have i feel like every time i go to a store i'm like oh that's cute oh that's cute and most of the time when i said it's cute i was putting it in my basket and buying it but now it's you can change the verbiage to i appreciate that mm-hmm. i appreciate the beauty in that i appreciate the like the creativity that someone put into creating that and then having a conversation about it and then walking away like it is a museum do you try it on to see what it looks like and then the mug and put it in my hand well, no, no, I'm drinking I mean, coffee. If, it's a, if it's a pair of clothing do you just put it on and say yeah i look good in this but i can put it back now because then you've had that experience i guess or, so. or did i just come up with a uh a solution 
I have to say, well, going back to my one rule that I have with my wardrobe, like when I try on something, if it doesn't fit 100% mm-hmm. and make me feel sexy and it's not 100% comfortable and not 80%, not 70%, then it's like, I'm okay. You do look sexy in all your clothes. Thank you, honey. They fit very nicely, too. <laughs> I feel really good in them. <laughs> you, t- you look confident in them. But I think maybe like looking at stores... Or even people. You know how you see someone in somebody, like in advertisements, and you're like, man, I really like that shirt. I like those shoes on that person. Yeah, but I I, don't have uh, washboard abs, so (laughs) I can't rock that shit. And I think if we have that mindset of looking at stores or as people as art exhibits instead, then we can just reflect on the beauty of it. Like, damn, that shirt looks really amazing on that girl. Or... I really love the way that mug, I'm going to go back to mug because I'm a coffee lover. Can you tell? (laughs) I really can appreciate how amazingly crafted that mug is. And I don't have to walk out of the store with it. I think if we see things as art exhibits and have that mindset, we can still have a lot of joy in that. You have an art mug. I, the one I made. You made? Which one? Oh, the one Wax made. Yeah. The one that she, she made with her bare made hands. with her bare hands. Yes. Yeah. That's really rad. It's one of your favorite mugs. It is. And it's really interesting because I am a school teacher, for those who don't know, and we just actually learned this strategy that they started in actual museums in D.C. because they wanted people to interact with the art more. They noticed that people were leaving the museum and they weren't remembering what they were seeing. They weren't having an experience. They were going through and they couldn't remember anything. So they're like, how can we have people interact with the art and like remember at least one thing and resonate with it? Mm -hmm. And they came up with this strategy where they just ask questions. And it's like really simple questions. It's like, what do you notice about this artwork? About this piece? Yeah. Or about this piece. So you can even go into a store and be like, like if you have kids especially, I'm already finding like, how can I make kids interact with things in a store but without wanting to take it home and like hey like what do you notice about this and they'd be like oh well i notice it you know has a toy truck on it or Mm -hmm. if like it's a t-shirt they want and then be like um what else can we find out about it like i don't know maybe i could research about trucks or maybe i can make a truck at home and like bringing it back to the creative side of like observing it and then saying how can we cultivate or how can we create something in your interest in this, if that makes any sense. So, and it's, I think it's a great way to kind of dive deep into kids' minds. Yeah. Just seeing what they're interested in, because obviously if they're going to talk about something, they're interested in it. So it's like a way to connect with your kids in a way that you're not bringing home all of the things, but you're finding out this is what they're interested in, this is what they're passionate about, and this is what they're enthusiastic about, and then coming up with ideas with how can we take what you're interested in without buying it, and but doing things at home that and can making it better. Exactly, yeah. or just tapping well, so into their creative nice, side. But how would you make this better? And let's go home and do that. Like, I hope that Lucille would like to do some kind of crafty thing, and you know, we can build some shit in the garage. So for That'd me, yeah, this mu- this museum mindset is not just for adults. I think we can kind of leak it down to our kids and bring out those skills of just observing and describing details and, you know, critical thinking and just having discussions. And it, it builds that relationship and then just confidence because 
you know, you're asking their opinion and they're, they're, they feel confident in explaining in expressive language and they get to go home and like use their hands and create or build or whatever they want related to the topic you were talking about. I know I'm going on a tangent more geared toward teaching, but I really thought about how this strategy that they use in museums could be applied with kids because I've used it in the classroom Yeah, and the well, like kids want to be heard and yeah. they want to speak. And it's just amazing once we give them that time and space and we think that they want all the things, but really they just want to be seen and they want to be heard. Well, like you said at the beginning of the episode, I mean, kids are exposed to 25,000 ads a year. So, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, that they're not getting sucked into those and thinking that they have to have everything when we can, you know, take what they're, they're seeing and say, well, how can we create that here in, in our environment without having to go out and, and buy that specific toy or whatever it is that they want. And I think it's, you know, it's all about gamifying it. Like, we're going to play the museum game. Mm -hmm. What do you notice? What do you see? And then we're going to talk about it. And I think that's like one way we can trickle down just to appreciate the beauty and things without having to bring it home in a fun way that it's interactive. And there's so many lessons in it than just, I don't want you to buy that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, the, and of course, kids don't respond well to well, that no, when you're like, you know, if you I want this. No, yeah. you can't have it. It's, it, it, it you actually have to down. provide an, an actual argument <laughs> as to why they can't have it. You know, we don't give kids enough credit, but I mean, you just can't tell them no and say, well, it's because I said so, because that's not really a good enough answer for them. And would if you as an adult asked somebody why you couldn't have something and they said, because I said so, would you accept that answer? I don't think so. Mm, no. Yeah. All right, Jilly, anything else or do you want to dive into some resources? Burp. Excuse Get me. Get it. Your cocktail was so good. Yeah, what did you have tonight? I finished burping. I'm so sorry. Um, excuse me. It's a record. <laughs> it must be the uh, the lemon juice. I had a, uh, a gold rush with a giant ice cube. It was quite yeah. delectable. And I had the uh, a good old old-fashioned. And I had one more thing to say. One more for thing. For adults. I know we talked about thing. connecting with kids. But if you are someone who's always drawn to a certain part of shopping, like for me, I was always drawn to the decoration area in Target. And I think instead of like, what do I want to buy from here? We can just say, why am I so enthusiastic about this area? Like what inside me really enjoys this specific area of shopping? And I feel like that can kind of leak into your creative side. Like if I really enjoy decorating, like, how can I cultivate this into something I can create or do at home where I'm not buying it? Um, it was just a, an idea for adults too. Like I think you have to pay attention to what you're drawn to and what you're enthusiastic about, and it could lead into something really cool. Oh yeah, for you to do, uh, you know, at home or as a side hustle. And I think it's important that adults know that they can they can uh, have playtime too as uh, just like kids do exactly with things you actually enjoy it's not all work like please play <laughs> yeah no we encourage it yes absolutely all right i'm done my tangent <laughs> all right so what resources do you have for our lovely listeners there jilly so the resource today is a blog post and it's by um powerofpositivity.com and okay. this blog post was called 10 things money can't buy ooh and I'm not going to share all 10, but I'm going to share like the top three or the bottom three. Oh, and then they have to figure out what the other seven are. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to go with my top one that I thought. Okay. Money doesn't buy presence and acceptance. Ooh, that is a good one. This trem- I'm present right now. <laughs> 
This tremendous, life-changing gift is not available for purchase, only to those who seek to understand and apply the concepts. Deep. (laughs) (laughs) The other one I had was peace. To me, this is like mental health. Like, we think shopping is good for mental health. Man, was I wrong. At least for me. It did not do... Just added to oh my God. the mental health. Well, mental health is good. <laughs> the mental chaos that mental was going chaos, on in my yes. head. Um, so they have a little blurb about just looking at the countless amounts of money. You're going to like this part. That governments and individuals have spent in the name of quote-unquote peace. This These vast sums have never been able to come close to what we would define as quote-unquote peaceful. More importantly, your inner peace does not depend on the balance section of your bank statement. Mm -hmm. It's how you train your mind, set expectations, and define what inner peace truly means to you. I like that. That was a good one, Jilly. I thought so. Yeah. No, and I do resonate with that a lot. And I think one of my favorite ones is just time. Like, there were so many hours spent shopping. Yeah. And no amount of money will be able to turn the clocks back. We must simply take life in moment by moment while experiencing it to the fullest. And experiencing, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Not the purchasing, it's the experiencing. Well, and experiencing the mall on a weekend is probably about the worst (laughs) thing ever. So I'd rather stay away from that too. It doesn't fill me up, but it could for other people. But that's just me. I love being around people, but that's just way too many people. Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. Way too many. But no, I thought those were great, Jill. Okie doke. Yeah. I'll let uh, the others be just it's yeah. in suspense. You got to check them out for yourself. <laughs> we'll leave the, the link to the uh, the blog post in the show notes. So, Jilly, you want to get into the uh, take action? Your take action challenge is just to enjoy the experience. Yeah. Not the purchase. Yeah. Save some money. Museum mindset, folks. And then, last but not least, the quote of the day. (laughs) The quote of the day is, money has never made man happy, nor will it, or woman. This is by Benjamin Franklin. Good old Ben Frank. (laughs) I should have said that in the beginning. Let me start this over. (laughs) Money has never made man happy, nor will it. There is nothing in its nature to produce happiness. The more of it one has, the more one wants. Mm-hmm. Just be grateful as hell, friends. Yeah. That's all I got. Museum mindset. I'm going to keep saying yeah. it. I I have nothing else to add. You, you about <laughs> summed it up pretty great there, Jilly. I try my best. Yeah. That's the key to happiness. You see what I did oh, there? The key, the Benjamin key, Franklin. The key, uh, I had to poke you, sorry. Kite. Key, yeah. <laughs> electricity. Dynamite. Yes. No dynamite. No? Okay. Okay. Anyways, thank you all listening to our silly banter here. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you do, please take a screenshot of the episode on whatever podcast app that you're listening to it on and share it on social media and say why this was such a great episode and how it impacted you yes we love hearing how our episodes resonate with you oh yeah 
And then also, if you could be so kind as to go on to the same podcast site and give us a five-star review. Five we stars? We would very much appreciate that because <laughs> that definitely helps us reach a larger audience. And we're pretty effing funny, so we hopefully that you're <laughs> laughing a lot. Anyways, thanks again for listening. We love you all, and we will talk to you again next week. See you later, guys. We want to thank everybody for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe and sign up to receive notifications so you know when the next episode is live. If you like today's episode and know someone who could benefit from the topic we covered, please share it with them. And if you have any suggestions for us and want to chime in on today's topic, you can email us at simplifiedchaospodcast at gmail.com, and that's chaos with a K, or send us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.